Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that delivers merch from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a takeout box. You can learn more and sign up today at poppunktakeout.com and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and at uh, Pop Punk Takeout. And of course, uh, welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm Jacques Lamour. I've no th- <laughs> no theme song uh, this evening because I actually uh, right now have my phone hooked up uh, directly to my mixer uh, so we can talk to our first guest uh, this evening because we uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, you could hear him loud and clear. Uh, but uh, our our uh, our Big guest we're going to talk to here in uh, just a little bit is uh, Steve Caballero. Now, you might know him as a professional skateboarder, or you might know him for being a punk rock musician um, and uh, in in such bands as The Faction. Um, But we're going to be talking to him in a little bit about a new band that uh, he has recently started up. But before Steve comes on the show, we are uh, going to give a big warm welcome to Ted. Uh, Is it Felicity or Velicity? Or Felicetti. Felicetti. Third try. You got it. <laughs> wow. Man, I my uh my brain is kind of scattered with all these uh these technical difficulties we've been having tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, no worries, man. It's all my fault, you know. <laughs> no, it's not your Hey, you're on the road right now, you know, so you can you can't help that. So, Ted Felicetti, thank you so much for being on uh Pop Punk and Pizza and you know when when I I first got the email about don't panic and um about dark horse about the new album i thought i i read don't panic and i read dark horse and i thought oh this is going to be a cover of Katy perry's dark horse right and and that like that's like directly where my mind went and then i opened it up and i'm like oh it's the name of their album like i'm pretty sure that's a Katy perry song isn't it it is it's also a george harrison album Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. so it's multiple things. Okay. Is is that does that have anything to do with <laughs> with No, the... it, it it's got nothing to do with it, either of those things, honestly. Uh but I did know like when I named the album that going in that it was already a George Harrison album. Because I love the Beatles. And George Harrison's my favorite one of them, which is not the most popular of opinions. Yeah. But <clears throat> but uh yeah, I was like, whatever, I don't care. He's got an album named that it's, there's only so many things you can name albums and there's like 400 billion albums out. So they're going to start overlapping names. Of, oh yeah. The end of the world. Eventually. And I, but if he's your favorite Beatle, I mean, all the more reason to name one of your, your records uh, after one of his, not necessarily yeah. that you're doing it after his, it just kind of happened. Right. I assume. Yeah. It worked out nice. Yeah. So, um, and of course with the album artwork for, for dark horse, your dark horse, that is, it's, uh, yeah. you know, the, the chess, uh, chess board with the, the little horse moving, uh, around on chess. And I'm a horrible believe, chess player. I believe it's called the knight. Or the, is it's it a knight? I thought it was. Yeah, that's a knight. Oh, okay. You See call that? it the horsey when you play? <laughs> well, no, I don't play. That's how well I play chess oh. by not playing. <laughs> By not that playing at all, move, that might be the right move. <laughs> Just go, do you play chess at all? Very little bit. My uh, <clears throat> my uncle and my cousins they, they like to play chess a lot, but okay. you know, I, I'll play, but I'll always lose. Yeah, like, I, I could beat I could beat like you know 
someone who doesn't play. I could probably beat you. I was going to say, I, you I wanna, probably could, for sure. I want to beat very many other people. Yeah. So you're currently on tour with the queers. Don't panic is. And yeah. how how is it like touring during a pandemic? Like, how is that? How's that been going? It's not the worst. I mean, it, for the most part, everything kind of feels the same. Uh, a couple of the venues we played so far, you know, either requested people have like vaccination cards or proof of negative COVID tests. A couple of places re- requested masks be worn during the show. Uh, but all in all, it's it's kind of felt the same. I mean, the, you know, people are a little hesitant to go out. So a couple of the shows, you might get like a little lower of attendance than you would have last time. Uh, but all in all, it's been pretty good. I mean, you know, we take care, we've been taking care of ourselves and our health and we, you know, I drink emergency like every day and, you know, we're all vaccinated. All the queers are vaccinated. Um, you know, we're just trying to be as safe as we can while, you know, still, still doing what we do for a living, you know? So it's, uh, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. As long as you're careful and not, not a jerk. You're sick, stay home, that kind of crap, you know? Yeah. And I feel like even before the pandemic, that was just common courtesy, right? You had a cold. You would you would have thought that's the case. <laughs> you know? But you know, you, you people still don't wash their hands when they come out of the bathroom at some places and it's like Yeah. Come on. I, I learn your lesson. I was I don't remember where I was, but it was sometime in the last month I was in a public restroom and I saw a guy just walk out and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I've seen it several times on this tour. Like I'll be in the bathroom at the venue and someone will just like come out of the pooper and and just walk right out the door. And it's like, uh, dude, please don't do that. That's when it's the worst. So like when you know that person just took like the biggest dump of their life and they (laughs) don't wash their hands afterwards, you're like, bro, you gotta wash the hands, man. Yeah, you know. at the very least. At oh, the very least. God, that's that's just gross and and very very alarming for sure. Um, but I I think it's cool that you know you're on the road with the queers right now, considering Me too. you you know you've name dropped them and what was it? It was 1999. Um, Fall 99. Fall is our 99. Song. Yeah, yeah. We, we put it out. Uh, we put it out last March, and yeah, we did. You know, it's uh they're a classic punk rock band. It's it's fucking awesome to be on tour with them now i mean it's just we're super fortunate i mean it's not super long for us we're we're, we're doing only two weeks with them right but uh and we're, we're four days in i think this is day five now and uh yeah i mean they're the nicest guys ever and uh are, are, they're a little more you know they're a little more punk rock than we are we're you know we're more like we're more like in that bayside world of music even leaning towards like foo fighters-esque kind of stuff but i i grew up on punk rock bands like i'm you know my one of my favorite bands is like Face to Face, and I like like you know Mill and Colin and Lagwagon and a lot of the Fat Record stuff. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's just really cool to be with them. And like I said, the fact that they asked us is freaking awesome. So <laughs> how did how did did they know about the the name dropping in fall of '99 or like? No, they they actually found out about that on this tour. Oh, <laughs> I thought maybe uh, that kind of like helped, you know. No, so I'm I'm friends with uh, Chris uh, Rowe from the Ataris, and he mentioned to Joe, the singer of the Queers, about our band, and uh, and just me in general. And then I become friends with Joe, and uh, I don't know. I sent him some songs, and he was just like, "Yo, let's you know come come play some shows." Like, 
yes, we'll do that. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. That that's just goes to show you how awesome of a guy Chris is, right? Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Super nice. Yeah. Great guy. Um, I love the... I, I don't know what, if it's pop culture references or just like popular, I don't know if it's called catchphrases, but there's a lot of that in your lyrics, or I'm assuming they're your lyrics. If they're not yours, there's someone else's in the band. Right? They are, they are, they are my lyrics. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a big pop culture nut. I grew up, if you watch any of our music videos, you know that too. Yeah. Uh, I just grew you know, I'm a nineties kid. I grew, I was born in the eighties, grew up in the nineties and I just love all that stuff. You know, and I just love referring to things and callbacks and, you know, like having fun with it. I I think one of my favorites is the damn good cup of coffee and the the big cherry pie, right? Is oh, the big, big slice of cherry pie. Yeah, it's uh, from Twin Peaks. Oh, it's from Twin Peaks. Okay. I yeah, was, yeah. I was just, yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was like, I know this is from something. I can't figure it out, but. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's from the show Twin Peaks, which is, like, again, like early 90s TV show. Right. I'm a big, fa- I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. So. It, it makes, it makes perfect sense now. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, in, in the, the opening song of Dark Horse, um, yeah. you know, Watership Down, you mentioned going to the arcade. Oh yeah. What is your favorite arcade game? Do you have a favorite? I've got I've got a couple. Um among them would be uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, the original one. Okay. Uh NBA Jam. Uh Off-Road Thunder, which is like one of those racing games. Is that the one where they're like racing trucks? Yeah, yeah, and you could pick different like colored trucks and stuff. Yeah, I think I have that on Super Nintendo. Oh, nice. <laughs> or or a, like a a version, like one of the. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically that one, but it's like off road something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then what else? I got uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation Pinball, one of my favorites. It's actually. Wait, did you say Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. It I'm is actually a big. Big Star Wars fan, but the Star Trek pinball game is freaking awesome. It's actually Star Trek Day today. No way! I yeah. didn't know that. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Star Trek fan as well. So yeah, I should have should have known. It's been fifty five years. Oh yeah, I did or, see that actually. Yeah, yeah. Some it like yeah. the the TV show premiered on this day in you know yep. sixty something sixty six sixty six yeah yep nineteen sixty six. So, I was never a big. Uh, never huge into star trek but star wars absolutely we've we talk star wars all the time i just i just find i'm I'm behind i just finally finished the uh the second season of mandalorian and gotcha absolutely loved it did you get a chance to watch mandalorian at all yeah i watched both seasons of it yeah what what did you think of it uh i I thought it was fine i thought it was okay Mm -hmm. i'm I'm kind of like a purist when it comes to star wars i'm like original trilogy (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, so I grew up on that stuff, and I, I, I never really was a big fan of the things after it. Uh, but The Mandalorian is one of the better things that they've released since 1983. I'll say that. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it, um, except like yeah. the the final one uh, or the fi- the final episode of the second season. I don't know. There's something just weird about. The whole Luke CGI thing. It was just so yeah. They it was so sh- weird they to me. 
they should have just recast him. I, I'm always saying that. I, I don't like those CGI face things. I think that's just, it's lazy almost. I just get someone who's good and just have him play the part. Yeah. You can use him again. Yeah. I like real stuff, man. I like puppets. I like, you know, I like practical effects. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big like CGI fan and for I, the most part. <clears throat> yeah. I've recently been rewatching some of the, um, the original, the, some of the original, uh, well, all the movies from the original trilogy, actually, specifically yeah. the first one. And I just think, wow, like with this first movie, they had a, barely a budget and they were able to do all these things. Yeah. And it's like, how the hell did they do that? You, it, know? you know, it's you know, your uh, adversity breeds creativity, you know, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And obviously that uh, that that goes to show with Don't Panic as well. I mean. Um, uh oh, I think we lost, uh, we lost Ted. Um, oh, he's calling back. There we go. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, I adjusted my AirPod in my ear. And oh it no. Dropped, and it dropped the call. I forgot that it does that. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. Um, so you were, so you were talking about me. Yes. I was talking about you. I was just saying, oh. you know, it kind of goes to show with like, don't panic. Obviously you're not signed to Warner brother records, so you don't have a big budget either, but you we're signed to Ted Felicetti records. Just see that's there. A, you, that's, that's, yeah, a, that's a, that's a great label, man. That that's yeah. my, it's my dream label. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I heard it's very hard to get on, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I hear. I hear it's a, a pretty difficult process. Um, <laughs> you'll we'll we'll have to talk about that some other time. For um, sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So you know, I mean, with Dark Horse, it's definitely a a a bigger step into a, a better direction for don't panic. Um, you know, you're, 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 uh, everything's just improving, um, you know, from the, the first record and all within such a short amount of time, although the pandemic probably helped with that <laughs> last year, I imagine. Well, first, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, second, yeah, it helped and hurt. It was like both mm -hmm. because, you know, we had all this stuff planned we we were gonna we released the album the la the first album in 2020 and we were gonna go on tour and we couldn't do anything, so instead what we did was we just spent a lot of time online we spent a lot of time writing more songs, and then that kind of like made this album. So in that in that manner, yeah, because these songs would have never existed had there not been a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's kinda, it's, it's kind of cool and weird to think about. It's a double edged sword, right? Sort of. Yeah. Kind of. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure it is. Um, so before we close out, I want to go ahead and uh, let let everyone listen to Ramona, which is one of your your latest singles that you dropped from Dark Horse. And uh, where where are we at with Ramona? Where where's where's your mind at with this song? So this one was a, uh, <clears throat> a little weird because um, we were writing the album. And uh, our drummer, Anthony, was like, hey, like, we don't have any, like, mid-tempo songs yet. And I was like, all right, I'll write a, I'll write a mid-tempo song. And I don't usually do that. I don't usually, like, write a song like that. I don't like for, like, you know, target it for anything. I just kind of write. But I was like, you know, I'll, I'll slow it down a little bit and I'll do, like, more of a mid-tempo thing. And the way I write is a little different than a lot of people. I'll write all the music. And then once we get everything done, then I throw the lyrics on top. So, uh 
you know, we did this and, and this song, I, the lyrics are about in 2020, three different people that I knew who were all girls, uh, passed away that I'd known from when I was in high school or shortly thereafter, you know, I didn't go to college, but you know, my earlier years and, uh, they all died. And I was just like, man, it, it sucks to think that these people passed away at such a young age. They didn't get to like, live a cool life or like do all these things. And, and the message of the song was kind of like, don't make that same mistake. Like go, go live your life and do something awesome with it. Yeah. So, wow. so the song's just about that. It's about that story of like, you know, the, the character in the song is fictional, but it's like, it's like, it's like an amalgam of the, of these people. And then, it, and then it's like an overall overarching kind of thing. Like, you know, you, you could, something bad can happen any minute. You don't know. So, you know, live your life. Yeah. Time t don't, uh, don't let time waste away. Right. And just exactly do what makes you happy. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Awesome. Well, uh, Ted, thank you so much for talking with us. I hope the rest of the tour goes well. I know you guys are in North Carolina tonight, right? In Charlotte, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina right now. And I'm literally going to be walking on the stage as soon as we get <laughs> off, the off the phone. Well, I have a great set. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. And thanks for uh, taking time to talk with us while you're out on the road. It was a pleasure, my man. Thank you. <laughs> yep. You take care. All right. You too. Yeah, bye. Bye. All right. Let's go ahead and listen to Ramona now by Don't Panic here on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. She spent the last year as a ghost in From trail she left behind the no one found the only seal to fate. If only someone told her her bad days are temporary and they all bring something new. But when there's no one left, there's nothing left to do. Nothing left to do. Nothing left to do except say.
Don't Panic with Ramona here on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. That's from their brand new record, Dark Horse, which is available now everywhere where you stream music. So please check it out because it's an amazing record. Very, very well done. Very well put together. And uh, currently, Don't Panic is on tour with the Queers, in case you missed that part. So maybe they're coming to uh, a city near you. It's not a super long tour, but they might be. So uh, find uh, Don't Panic on social media and see if they're coming through uh, your your city right now. Um, so once again, uh, please support our uh, title sponsor, which is Pop Punk Takeout. It's a monthly subscription box that delivers merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a takeout box. So bands that they've worked with so far, uh, merchandise that has come from these bands in these boxes that are pizza boxes or Chinese food takeout boxes. Uh, MXPX, Krista Manx of Less Than Jake, Keep Flying and so many other incredible bands. So go to poppunktakeout.com, sign up for that subscription service today, and also follow them on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and TikTok at poppunktakeout. So our uh, second guest this evening is a world famous skateboarder. He's uh, credited for creating such tricks as the Fakey Ollie 360. Now, if you don't know him for his uh, decorated skating career, you may know him as being a member of such punk bands as The Faction. Well, now in 2021, he has a new band called uh, Urethane, I believe it's how it's pronounced. Please welcome Steve Caballero to the podcast. Welcome, Steve. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. All right. Thank you so much for being here. It's it's <laughs> truly an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been doing quite a few of these this last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed I noticed that. Like I've just seen like one drop after the other. I'm like, man, like Gary has him him really busy right now. <laughs> He's keeping me busy, but it's all for the better good for the album. You know, and we're trying to help push and get people excited about it. It is pronounced urethane, right? Urethane, just like the skateboard wheel. Okay, that's what I I wondered. I was like, I think this is a a skateboarding (laughs) wheel or brand of of something to do with skateboarding. So, yeah, we we luckily uh, happened to uh, be able to use that name. I'm very surprised. No one's even used that name for a band. It is kind of surprising considering how long like like skate punk has been around <laughs> now, right? Um, although- yeah, man, Urethane Wheels came out in 1973 and skate punk music, I would say, is early 80, 81. Yeah. Have, are they still in business? Um, who? Urethane. What? What do you mean? Or, or is urethane the type? It's not a brand, is it? It's not a brand. Yeah. Okay. It's a, <laughs> I, I, you'll have to excuse me. This whole t- like I I like skateboarding, but I'm not like a skateboarder by any means, and so there's so much that I don't know. I just always would play, you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater as a yeah. kid, or I'd watch uh, my one of my older brothers actually, Joe. He was a skateboarder. Okay. Um. And so I'd, you know, I'd watch him and his friends skateboard in the, in the uh, 2000s, you know? Um, Yeah. You know, actually urethane is part of a substance called polyurethane, which uh, people are familiar with and it's used for um, floors, 
to seal them and make them grippy. And I think someone back in the 70s used that as the mold for a wheel. Uh, so all, all skateboard wheels are now made of urethane, different compounds and uh, durometers. But um, people don't really uh, talk about this, what the substance is. So that's why you rarely hear the word urethane. You know, um, before the urethane compound was created for skateboarding, um, it was mainly um, clay, steel, plastic, or rubber wheels back in the 60s, you know. And that obviously probably didn't work as well as the, the urethane, right? It was terrible. I mean, I, I actually, at my house, I have a huge 1960s skateboard collection with no urethane wheels on there because uh, it, it predates uh, the 70s. Um, but yeah, I've tried to actually ride one of those older skateboards, um, at the skateboard park and just fell right on my butt. Cause it's just so, <laughs> they're just so slippery. You know, it's like ice, <laughs> like riding on ice. Yeah. And I would imagine it's, it, it probably isn't like as smooth of a ride, right? No, very bumpy, very yeah. rough. You know, you, yeah. you got uh, two super hard surfaces, uh, especially, uh, you know, softer the the compound of urethane, the fat, the faster and smoother the wheel rolls. So when you're when you ride a skateboard wheel with a very soft compound, uh, it's be- it works better on rough surfaces uh, rather than smoother surfaces. And when you're on a very smooth surface, you want a harder compound, which makes the wheel smoother and faster. Um, so yeah, we've kind of experimented with that over the years. Um, but yeah, when it, when I was searching for a name for this band, man, it was so difficult to to find uh, a unique name that hasn't been used millions of times already, <laughs> or a, like a variation of it, right? Well, it was like it was like when we were thinking of names, it's like you always have to make up your own name or word to use for a band because everything's been used and and taken. So. When I ended up uh, throwing that out to, there to our singer, say, "Hey, what do you think about using the name Urethane?" You know, because I wanted to use that as a project a long time ago, probably in the early two thousands. I was doing this like solo uh, thing. I was writing and, and recording on a four track, and I had that kind of like on the back burner, but never did anything with it. So when we formed this band, I go, I asked him, "Hey, what do you think about the name Urethane?" You know, I searched it up and it's still not taken and they were down, down to use it. So, and it's really cool because it kind of uh, relates to my career in skateboarding um, that I've been a part of since 1976. And, you know, I've been a part of bands since uh, 1982 throughout my whole career. So the tie-in is, 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 is fairly well noted. And when people hear the name, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense with you in the band. And, <laughs> and it, it kind of throws it back to almost not necessarily when it all began, because you were skateboarding before urethane wheels, right? Um, or was that really. about the time? No. Okay. I started in 76 and the urethane wheel came out in 73. Oh, okay. So not yeah. too long after. Yeah. But still like that. Yeah. That just kind of, like you said, it kind of wraps it, <laughs> it kind of wraps it all together. And honestly, I mean, I, are there any other pro skaters that have bands as well? Oh. Like, I don't know any oh, others. Yeah. Yeah, there's been many, many guys um, over, throughout the years that have started bands and been in bands, you know, different types of music. Um, yeah, 
in street skating, in in vert skating, bowl skating, you 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 know, you name it. Like you know, the eighties, nineties, two thousands. There's been guys that have have had professional careers, but also on the on the other um, side um, have um, done bands and 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 you know did did stuff creatively like that. Mm-hmm. You know, with either they've done artwork or they've played music. You know, to kind of express themselves in in that manner. Yeah, because I mean, you want to put something cool on your skate deck, right? So, it's, I mean, for sure, for <laughs> sure, it's, it it all ties in. It all goes hand in hand, and and I'm just really stoked to to be a part of this 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 whole movement that we we kind of started back in the day, you know? Yeah. Um, Brittany Edwards is chiming in on our live stream here. She says she broke oh. her entire elbow skateboarding. And yep. I'm sure very so, dangerous. Yeah. So what bones have, have you, I'm sure you've broken some bones. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> um, one of the major injuries I've had skateboarding is I, I broke my right ankle, um, back in 91. Um, and I had a bunch of bumps and bruises and scrapes and cuts and sprains, but, um, nothing, nothing really too serious. Um, the injuries that I've sustained recently have been more from riding dirt bikes. Yeah, because you're into that too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's one of those, an, another one of those adrenaline things that I love doing. <laughs> that's <laughs> dangerous and cool at the same time, and um, it's just challenging as well. And I just, I just, I just love it. You know, I just love uh, the feeling and the experience that you get from overcoming the fear of of riding a dirt bike, uh, going at the speeds that we go and jumping the jumps that we do. And, um, you know, I've, I've started to experience that as well with mountain biking too. So, um, that's another thing that I've, um, lately added to my list of achievements and, and, and <laughs> goals. Um, but right now the focus has been music and it's been the band and it's been being in the studio, uh, recording a 12-song uh, album, full length, with a group of guys that I met just barely a year ago that um, kind of all fell into place. And um, great group of guys that, that are very creative, uh, very talented musicians, and very proud of this this album called Chasing Horizons that that we've produced with, a, with a, actually a, a really really cool uh, producer named Cameron Webb, who's also produced a lot of nineties punk bands and has worked with motorhead and, and social distortion. And um, he's just a great guy. And he really, really enhanced the band and, and brought the best out of all of us, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm super psyched. Um, we got signed by a label called Cybertracks, which is owned by Jennifer and El Jefe from no effects um, and kind of revamp, I, I, I would like to say I'd revamp their, uh, record, uh, label as well, because they haven't had anybody, uh, for a long time and they've been kind of quiet. And once we came along, I think we've, we've lit a fire and a buzz, uh, you know, up on them as well. So you'll, you'll probably see, start seeing more from Cybertrack Records. Mm, that would that would be great. I mean, uh, it's with your with your name attached to it. I mean that that's got to help them immensely. 
Yeah, they've we've both helped each other in, in great ways with uh, different connections. And like I said, they connected us with a, a great producer, Cameron Webb. Uh, they put the money up for our album. Um, you know, the, uh, I've never had a publicist before. You know, um, I'm probably going to have a tour manager soon. Um, I've never worked with a producer on an album before. So it's, it's, a, it's a new experience for me, even though I've been in bands before. It's a whole new experience for me on that level. I've never been on that next level with music and being in a band. And I think that this band that we've formed um, and the music that we're producing were, were up there. I agree, man. I was I was blown away by um, the album because um, I did get a chance to to listen to it ahead of time. Okay. And um, just like listening to those those first couple singles you released, like Wyoming. Yeah. I thought, wow, like it's, it, I don't know. It's like, it's a familiar sound that I grew up with, but it's almost kind of <laughs> like a breath of fresh air at the same time. Oh, you thank know? you. Yeah. Um, I just, it feels sincere. Um, and it, it just, I love the energy that's encompassed around it. You know, it's, it's simple, straightforward and gets stuck in your head right away, <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of stuff I dig. Um, well, and sorry, go that, ahead. That has a lot to do with our singer, Tim. Um, and he's the mastermind behind pretty much all the songs on this album besides, uh, one that our bass player wrote, um, his name is Chad and Dylan is our drummer. And like I said, they're just amazing artists. Um, they're very creative. They're very professional. They're go-getters. They're serious. They're, they're everything that you want in a band, you know? And for me, myself, I'm all about relationships. And if the relationships don't work, then I don't care how good you are as a musician. I can't work with you. And, um, I've been able to stumble upon these, these fellas and, uh, we've had some great chemistry. Um, we're still learning a lot about each other, about being in a band with each other. Cause like I said, we barely known each other for not even a year. That's kind of surprising <laughs> when, when you first said like, yeah, I just kind of met these guys a year ago and I was expecting you to tell me, yeah, I've, you know, I've known Tim for like 15 <laughs> years or 20 years now. And then, you know, uh, the drummer I've known for about five or 10 years now. And so how did, how did you just happen to, did they seek you out or did you seek them out? Were you like, uh, you're like, I want to start another band. And well, <laughs> Tim is the one that's, that sought me out because I put out um, a message on Instagram about looking for a singer. And I was in another band that I had formed with two other guys and I was actually playing bass in that band as a three piece. And we were together for about a year jamming in, in the drummer's uh, garage. And finally I just said, Hey, you know, we got about nine or 10 songs. We should actually try to find a singer who could, you know, add that extra element to the band. And so I put a little Instagram, um, you know, a message out there, Hey, looking for a band or uh, a singer. And, um, I got this email from Tim and he had a demo tape that he had created for a solo um, project that he was doing. And um, Gravity was one of the songs that he recorded by himself. And so I heard it. I fell in love with the song. 
And so I presented it to the other band and they were just like, no, we don't care for him. Wow. Really? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, whoa, I guess we're not on the same page. So that was a very, that was a big eye opener for me because I really liked his songwriting. I liked his voice and I, I saw a lot of promise and given I've been in, in a few other bands and I know about music, you know, a, <clears throat> a singer can make or break a band. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care how good we were as a three piece. If we didn't have a singer that could match or be better than what we were producing, that I didn't want to have anything to do with the guy. Mm-hmm. And Tim's voice uh, caught my attention big time. So when the other guys said, no, we don't really think he will fit, I had to make a huge decision. Like it was a crossroad that you, that you cross when, you're, when, you're, when something's put in front of you and you can either go this way or that way. And it was like choosing to stay with this band that I'd been with for a year or team up with Tim, who I don't even know, and start a whole new project. And I, I went with Tim. You know, uh, I went with where my heart was. And as soon as I met with Tim at coffee, I, I knew I liked him because of his personality, the way his approach. Um, I knew I could work really well with him. And I would say a few days later, he found Dylan by doing the same thing I did is putting out a message saying, hey, we're looking for a local drummer. Any drummers out there? And, and Dylan uh, popped up you know, on the radar and we had our first practice and it was great. You know, we had a good time. And so we jammed out for about four months together as a three piece. I played bass. Uh, Tim's a singer guitarist and Joe, uh, Dylan played drums. And then for some wild hair, four months into this whole thing, um, I decided I want to play guitar too. <laughs> you know, I've always gone back and forth between bass and guitar. Mm-hmm. And I just have this strong love for guitar, the tones, the way it sounds uh, the melodies that you can create. And I feel like I, because I'm not, I'm not a great bass player. I was very limited to what I could add to the band. So I, I call up Tim, I say, Tim, uh, what do you think about me playing guitar? He's like, you're not going to believe this. Um, my friend Chad has been bugging me so hard to be in this band. <laughs> and I think Chad wanted to play guitar, ah. but he's can also play bass. He's multi-talented. He can play drums, bass, guitar. He's actually sings for Skipjack, um, local, um, San Diego band that's been around for years. Okay. Um, so he's a front man himself. Okay. Um, so then, uh, when he mentioned Chad, I'm like, if he's a good friend of Tim's, then, then he's, he's in, he's in the band. And we had one practice. I brought my guitar stuff out and it was, it just, the, the band enhanced. I mean, the music was like, this is what, what it needed, you know? Um, and no lie, a week later after that, Chad comes up with a, uh, um, from going down, uh, having a meeting or with, um, Jennifer and El Jefe from no, At, no Effects and presenting that exact same demo tape that Tim played me, played them. They fell in love with it and said, hey, we want to produce your, your album. And so Chad came back and, and said, hey, uh, we ha- I have a record deal if, if, if we want it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you know, so nonchalant. Hey, uh, by the way, I got a record deal if we wanted. I, I don't know. Are you interested? I, I, I don't <laughs> but, know. Here was the catch. 
So we had a, a Zoom meeting with them, and they and they asked if if we had enough material for the record. And Tim did, but we didn't know the songs. So mm-hmm. we said, "Yeah, yeah, we do." You know. So they're like, "Okay, well, in three months, you're going into the studio, and we're going to record this album." Oh man! <laughs> so we had to bust balls to <laughs> get these songs like arranged. You know, uh, learn the so- other songs that Tim had written and we were, you know, kind of feeling each other at the same time as far as like how to work with each other and how to arrange the songs. And, you know, I myself, I'm a very opinionated musician and I know what I like, you know? So if I say, Hey, I don't like the way those drums sound there. Can you play another, you know, another beat? And Hey, I I think the guitar should go two times rather than four times. Hey, we don't need this pre-chorus. I'm very vocal about that. So I had to really kind of tiptoe my way around these guys without sounding bossy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's always the trick, isn't it? it? It is. And what I had to my advantage was they all respected me through skating. So they were just, they, they're just stoked that they're in a band with, with, with a professional skateboarder that's been around for, for ages, you know? And I didn't want to use that as a power tool to get what I wanted but I also wanted them to earn my respect as far as like, I think he knows what he's, what he's talking about musically, not just like he's trying to make all these decisions, you know? Um, I I try not to come across that way, even though sometimes I'm, I'm very like upfront, you know? And the good thing is I had a discussion with um, our producer at that time. And I, and I kind of told them my dilemma about like writing songs with these guys and arranging them. And, but he gave me a push and a a word of encouragement saying like, you know, Hey cab, I want to hear your influence on this album. I just don't want it to just be all the songs that Tim wrote by himself. I want to hear you in this. So that gave me the go ahead to like say how I felt and been able to add whatever I wanted to, to, to give it, um, some flavor, uh, uh, you know, some influence on my part. So the influence from you wasn't more or less the, the songwriting, but more or less like the arrangements. I would say it would be the arrangements, the harmonies, um, the backing vocals and, and, and some of the melodies and leads and stuff. And, uh, the tempos, you know, a little bit of everything, a little bit of like, my influence of stuff that I like and what I sound, what sounds pleasing to me. Um, but we're, you know, we're all kind of on the same page. We all love melodic and we all love like hard driving guitars and loud and, and, and uh, dynamics in the band. And I, I feel like we're on the same page. I feel like we, because of this album that we've put together, we kind of know what we want and, and um, it's all come together. And even in the studio, we went in with a certain um, set of songs, but we came out with completely different ones because we actually wrote stuff in in the studio as well. Like I came up with a bunch of melody leads that I'd never had done prior to going into the studio because we were rushed for like just learning the songs. So when I was in the studio recording and the other guys were doing their parts, I was sitting in the back uh, on the couch with the acoustic guitar thinking of, of, oh, wow, this would sound kind of cool here. So when it was my time to record, um, I added that to the 
to the album. So when we were done recording the album, we went back to practice. I went, I resorted back to what I came in there with. Cause I didn't remember what I, what I made up. In the studio. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't uh, record it on your phone or anything like that. Well, we had some stuff, you know, he would send us, you know, uh, little outtakes of what we did. Sure. But like I said, a lot of stuff that you heard uh, that you heard on this album was all was a lot of it was was written in the studio. Like a lot of my my melody leads on guitar was all written there that day. The day was my part to record, you know. Okay. So it happened. It wouldn't. It wasn't like we were. We've been playing these songs for years, and we've been playing out for years. We didn't even really play a show. I mean, we've. I think we played maybe one uh, benefit before we got into the studio and that's it. We've never even played live in front of anybody. And I mean, e- even that one show you had been playing together for how long at that point, right? I mean, just... I don't know, maybe, uh, well, together with probably Tim and Dylan six months and then probably um, with Chad only two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got a question from Kyle Phillips. He <laughs> he wants to know what's easier, writing music or mastering a new trick. <laughs> well, <laughs> that de- depends how good the song is, and it depends how hard the trick is. <laughs> that's true. I can, would... I can write a shitty song really quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I can master a really easy trick really fast. <laughs> Well, I would love to hear, like, how does one come up with a trick? Like, how, you know, I mean, you, you mean, have, you like have, make like, up a trick or learn a trick that someone has already done. No, like, your own, like, you're creating your own trick. And, and you have quite a few under your belt that have yeah. become, you know, very popular, you know, um, starting with, you know, the, uh, the fakey 360 Ollie. Like, how does yeah. one just come up with that? Well, for one, you have to have drive and passion. Two, you have to be have a a competitive nature to yourself. Um, You have to be creative and you have to be uh, fearless. You know, there's a lot of combinations to creating anything in life. You know, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to take chances. Um, You know, it's a lot easier to mimic something that's already been done or already have it in your head. You see it done and go like, Oh, that's, that's, that's possible. But to take something that's never been done before and create it yourself takes a lot of courage and and it takes a lot of uh, faith, you know, faith in yourself and, and hold, hold on. My no, dog is trying to play with me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, no, go I, outside. <laughs> I love it. My I'm my dog. This question, he's like <laughs> playing with the ball right in my hand. But uh, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Frenchie. <laughs> okay, he'll but, come up in a second. Yeah. Um, I just threw it in the pool. <laughs> I hope he doesn't jump in the pool. Oliver. Uh-uh. okay so so yeah so uh, the tricks that i had invented back in the day it was was because i was pressured to and the reason why i was pressured to was because of my want wanting to perform at the highest level as a professional skateboarder and when you were competitive 
and you wanted to stand out, you needed to do things that other people weren't doing, you know, so you could copy other people and do their tricks and maybe do them differently. But the way you stood out the most is you did something that was super creative and, 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 you know, no one had ever done this before, you know? Um, so back in the early eighties, that's all we did was once we were done competing, I'd go back to the skate park and try to like think of a new trick that, that no one's ever done before. So it's kind of like painting a picture. It's like painting, having an empty canvas and go like, okay, what can I do that hasn't been created yet? You know? And how dangerous is that? You know, how far am I going to push the level of create doing something that's no one ever, no one's ever done before. So that you have to take in consideration too, that with skateboarding uh, there's, there's a danger factor of getting hurt, you know, um, I think writing music, the only thing that gets hurt is your feelings when you write something crappy. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> people don't like it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's um, it, it's usually you don't get physical injury. It's all emotional and mental injury. But then, like with skateboarding, I feel like it's all the above, right? It is I all, mean, it is all the above. It, it's mental, emotional, uh, physical. It's, oh, yeah. it's all that is getting damaged. So it's yeah. like the stakes are high. <laughs> and, they are, uh, uh, but. In, in the end, it's, it, it's the same. It's the same mentality. It's the same way you approach things. And so, like, with this band, you know, I love music. I love playing. I love creating. But this band is a business. You know, it started out as a business. You know, we're, we're here to create something that's going to uh, be successful. You know, so it's very serious. So practice is serious. Uh, writing music is serious. Our decision-making is serious. Um, everything about it. I think everyone in the band, because they can pull their own weight, shows that they care and they're passionate about it. And those are the type of bands that are successful. Uh, when you have guys in bands that just want everything done for them, you don't get, you don't get much done, no. you know? Absolutely not. Yeah. The DIY aspect will always get you farther. Yeah. And I I grew up that way. I grew up like, you know, the DIY, um, you know, thought process. So everything that I want to get done, I try to search out the best way, most efficient way to get it done. And and we get it done. Yeah. You know, um, and like I said, everyone in this band is pulling their weight as far as booking shows and these connections of like hooking up with different bands and, and, you know, just, all the connections that it takes to be successful and to get our name out there. Um, we're using those to our best ability and um, all the relationships and friendships that we've created over the years, we're utilizing those, you know, and that's why we've been able to get so far in such a short time is um, the work that we put in before this band was together. Now we're, we're actually working it. Uh, to its fullest uh, potential. Yeah, and I, I just, I'm getting excited with you telling me, all, <laughs> like seriously, like I'm getting excited just hearing you talk about how things have come together and everyone is is pulling their weight and it's it's just exciting and I'm I'm really happy for you and it sounds like this could be you know the next potentially big thing for you. Um, and I, I'm banking on it for sure. You know, that's why um, I'm putting a lot of work and effort into it. 
you know? Um, so yeah. Um, we have band practice tonight, you know, at seven o'clock and there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so well. my, my buddy's, my our singer's picking me up at six thirty, and I told him I had a podcast that I'm doing at five thirty. So you know, can you come at least at, at six thirty? I don't know how long the podcast is on for. No, yeah, I was just gonna say um, we're about at, at time here. So and and you know, I mean, yeah, you've got band practice and all the other bazillion awesome things that you do at your fingertips. You've got so much going on. So many different things are involved in like we could podcast for four hours. You know, like, <laughs> This could go well, on forever. I, I so. gave it to six 30. So if you want to go longer, yeah. we can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah we, yeah. Can, yeah. we can go a little longer. Sure. That'd yeah, be awesome. So, you know, I have my hands in art, art as well. So I do a lot of uh, art projects for different people and um, I'm part of the punk rock and paintbrushes movement here in the uh, in north county and um a lot of the musicians that i'm playing with in this band also do art and so i i have that connection with them as well um the show that we're playing this weekend in redondo beach was um um helped put together from jim from pennywise which got us on the speakeasy stage which is which is an acoustic stage um, we're also having a punk rock and paintbrushes art show at that same show. There's a, it's a three day festival. Um, yeah. So, you know, our band hasn't played out acoustically, so we've been jamming super hard every day. Uh, my singer has been coming over every morning and drink, we're just drinking coffee and jamming through these songs acoustically. So that'll be interesting as well. And I really wanted to play this festival, but we were um, only allowed to be on this festival if we could play our set acoustically. And I told Jim that we could, so we've been working super hard to nail that down. Yeah, it's such a different world, <laughs> especially when you're playing punk rock. It's like, how do you how do you scale this down to where it still works? <laughs> you know? Well, I think if you're a great songwriter and a great singer, you can make it work. Like there's a there's a couple uh, acoustic records that have come out that I really enjoy, and one of them's um, Trevor Keith's from Face to Face. Yeah amazing um um tony sly um who is not here with us anymore uh from uh no use for name him and joey capes have done some really great acoustic work together yep uh jason from strung out uh just released acoustic record with his band which is amazing uh the rise against record that's acoustic i mean all these bands that play hard um, hearing these songs acoustically as well uh, just gives another feel and vibe to the song. And when I'm doing artwork, to be honest, I love hearing these like mellow acoustic versions of these punk songs I've been listening to my whole life. And it just gives a, a different feel for the song. And and they be, they can be very melodic. And you can really hear a lot of the tones and a lot of the uh, the chord changes and and the song can change too by the the, the way the uh, the tempo is um, acoustically. So it just brings another element to the creative side of a musician. And I want to show people that we can pull this off uh, acoustically as well. Yeah, absolutely. I remember um, one of one of my favorite acoustic records is the one MXPX put out. I think almost ten years ago now. Oh, okay. Um, that's a good one. And, and I mean, obviously MXPX are known for their fast songs too. Yep. And to hear them all 
stripped down like that is really cool. Yeah, um, actually, I don't know if I have that one downloaded. I should download. I'm really good friends with Mike, so yeah, um, I should get that one. And then Jim is is from Pennywise is just is releasing a, um, an acoustic record. Oh, is he himself. just himself? Okay, yeah. huh? It, on Instagram, he just posted uh, one of his uh, first releases, and it's amazing. Okay, and it's so different from Pennywise too. Yeah, I was gonna say I did not, I did not know about that. I was just for some reason the name of that acoustic record. Oh, it's just called it's just called Acoustic Collection. Okay, yeah, is what it's called. Uh, they released it in 2014. Um, but I've actually had some of my other favorite bands do like um, they will literally take each of their records and do it acoustically, which is absolutely nuts. Like they'll yeah. release an acoustic version of the whole album. And some, some bands I know have done that for like their whole catalog. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's just like, that's a lot of work. Cause you're literally like reimagining the song. Right. And I'm right. sure you can relate to that now being that you're about to do this acoustic, you know, set coming up here soon yeah it's it sounds great and i actually went and bought a brand new taylor guitar for the for the show i spent a lot of money on this <laughs> this guitar that that plugs in that that has a great tone and and i wanted to make sure that it didn't feed back and yeah um actually our bass player chad works at guitar center so he's been getting us some really good deals on on musical equipment well <laughs> dude like it always helps to have a member that works at guitar center man i i uh one of the bands i was in our lead guitarist uh worked at guitar center yeah and yeah he would he would hook me up all the time with with help and discounts and they get a great stuff. discount they get a great yeah. discount and you know he he teaches um lessons there as well so it's just really cool Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Taylors are my favorite. I would say for acoustics, you just can't go wrong with a Taylor. the The tone of it is just it's just melts like butter. It's just beautiful, <laughs> you know. It's very bright, very loud, and it's a great guitar. I'm I'm really happy with the purchase of it for sure. Yeah. Well, I would uh, I I would think it'd be cool to hear like a reissued version of of uh chasing horizons that had some acoustic uh you know reimagined <clears throat> tracks on it we're definitely going to do that that's in the works and we've also thought about doing um a cover um album as well with some of our favorite 80s cover oh, uh okay. songs cool that's ones that you'd be like oh my goodness i can't believe they're they're covering that song <laughs> but it's very recognizable but yeah adding their you know, punk element to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be, so, those are, that's always a lot of fun to do those. You yeah. Know, I, I feel like, um, so, so that'll be great. Um, and I know, so besides these acoustic or that acoustic date you have coming up, I know the, uh, we, we should actually say chasing horizon does come out September 23rd. I don't know if we've mentioned that or not. Um, and you and there is actually a uh, release party for Chasing Horizon too. You the soda bar? Yes. In San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're that's at what we kind of coined coined it as. Um, 
because we're headlining that show. The, actually, the album's supposed to uh, be fully complete on the 24th on okay. iTunes. We're releasing one uh, one more single on the 23rd, and that's the day that we uh, – I think it's on a Thursday. We're playing at the Soda Bar in San Diego. Um, hopefully, we'll have CDs by then. Um, it's been really difficult when it comes to manufacturing, to getting the product um, – you know, things are taking a lot longer. Um, so hopefully we'll have CDs at that show. Uh, we're also working on vinyl. That's going to take a long time to get. Even um, longer, yeah. Probably like four to five months, you know, but it, we have pre-orders for it. And so people are in line right now ordering it, waiting for that to come. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to cover all, all our bases um, as far as the release of the album and, you know, um, and Cybertrax is really helping lining that all up for us. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. Now, as, as far as like the, the skateboarding side for you, mm-hmm. um, I know there, there's so many things that we could talk about with that as well. Um, I know, do you still have your skate shop in Carlsbad, right? You had a skate shop? Well, it's not an actual physical skate shop. It's an online skate shop. Okay. Uh, done through my website. Um, it was an idea of my neighbor down the street wanting to revamp, um, you know, my website and 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 have a place for my fans to go to purchase anything that had anything endorsed by my name. So he was willing to partner up with me and say, hey, I'll take care of this for you. You just drive traffic to the website and I'll take care of it. So we worked out a deal where um, we were going to become an online shop. And I have connections um, with all my sponsors to um, to order stuff wholesale. And so that's been very successful. And with my art, I've, I've been, been able to release uh, – limited edition skateboards with my art on it through the website. Um, I offer um, my signature on anything that's bought on there. So that really drives a lot of people to the website to, to buy stuff from us because they don't have to actually pay extra for my signature. And oh, that's awesome. a lot of people want my signature on things and they can't get a hold of me or they can't make it to an event. So this is a way that they can buy something from me and have me sign it personally to somebody or write a message um, but it's been very successful. It's grown over the years and we have a lot of people on a mail order. Um, and like I said, once again, this is another business relationship that that's worked really well. And it's someone I trust. And, um, when you have people you trust, uh, business goes very well, you know, and, um, without any hiccups, you know, and I feel like this band is the same way, you know, we, I have a lot of uh, guys in this band that I trust and, you know, I enjoy being around and, you know, I know that they're going to come through, you know, yeah. there's, there's not like a weak link in the band that's kind of causing the band to have issues or drama or anything that's going to hold the band back. I feel like everyone's doing their part. So, like I said, that's why so many good things have happened so quickly because everyone's like sober, no drama, you know, every, everyone's, um, on point, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, 
right to where i'm sure you have uh, stories from you know previous you know the previous bands you've been in that have not gone so well i mean we've all been there yeah for sure i mean <laughs> um fortunately I, I haven't been in a band where i've had someone that's been addicted to any drugs or anything mm-hmm. but you know you get you get around certain different personalities certain different egos that just don't don't line up and then that that's kind of like my ticket out like yeah. okay i gotta i gotta go <laughs> well and i think it, it goes to show like going back to what you were talking about earlier how you know you had uh been in this this three-piece for about a year mm-hmm. with these other guys before urethane and so you know tim the lead vocalist uh, before urethane was even created comes along and it was like you either quit the three piece or you join Tim and you start another band Yeah, and you just went with your gut. And I feel yeah. like your gut, like what, what your gut was telling you to do or what, uh, you know, you were just feeling out the whole situation. And I think, um, I think that says a lot to anyone going back to, you know, trusting your, your instincts and really, yeah. and of course, um, being in tuned with your instinct because you can, your, your instincts can be completely <laughs> off. Right. I mean, um, and so if you're not like really in tune with your, your, your gut feelings and, and instincts, yeah. then you will make the wrong choices. I don't know if that, that makes any sense. No, but. it does. Um, I like to say that men have intuition as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not just the women, but men no. have it too. Yeah, because you could just, you know, you feel it. Even like I could tell you, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, one person will tell you something, but you can tell that whatever they're telling you, they're feeling the exact opposite. Like they mm. might say, yeah, I'm okay. But you know, just by looking at them and just feeling out... <laughs> Feeling out the room and the the, right. or, the aura that's around yeah. them, you're like, this person's not okay. Like, there's something wrong. So it's like, then you yeah. gotta. I I don't know. I I kind of go through. I've I've gone through. We've all gone through that with our, like, whether it's our significant other or bandmate or business partner or whatever. Like, we've all gone through that where they're like, no, 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 it's good, and you're like. No, I'm calling BS. You are not <laughs> like you are not good with this. Like, just tell me straight up, you know. Well, you you got to be honest, you know. And sometimes uh, honesty hurts, you know. Um, and you know you gotta you gotta really pick and choose your battles, and you gotta really know how to present an idea or an indifference with someone. Communication plays a huge part in relationships. It plays a huge part on uh, how you speak to people and how you get stuff done, you know? So I've learned a lot over the years, being in relationships, being in marriages, failed relationships, failed marriages, failed bands. Um, Know that you have to talk to people differently. You can't talk to people all the same. You have to treat people differently by the way you know how they're going to react towards you. So you have to get creative in that way as well. Um, But at the end of the day, um, it's really all about communication and how you present an idea uh, to get to get the message across across well, you know. And mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, and I know that we're still going to run oh, into that. Oh, there's your dog. <laughs> oh, this is Oliver. Oliver, say hello. Oliver? Oh, yeah, Oliver. Little, little cute, cute say dude. Say hi, Oliver. <laughs> is somebody here? You, oh, I'm doing a podcast so, right now. So, so he's a little French... Uh, a pit bull? Is that what? French, okay. French, French bulldog. Bulldog. Sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. French bulldog. Oh, he's growling. <laughs> All right, go boy. Uh, he said hi. Um, oh, uh, Alex um, says that uh, your melon, uh, melon Colin cover with uh, Tony Hawk was badass. <laughs> that was really cool to do. And uh, I was super stoked that Mikey um, and his uke uh, asked me to participate in that. And when he told me that Tony Hawk was going to sing <laughs> on that song, I'm like, Okay, that's I gonna think, be interesting. Yeah, I think that all <laughs> took us by surprise when that you know when that happened. We're like, uh, what? <laughs> well, Tony? this is the third. This is the third time that um, Tony has sang. He's been actually on that that very uh, famous uh, show, The Masked Singer. Oh, I The Masked Singer. He was on that show. He was on that, and he did sang not know a cure, cure song on that. Okay. He also did uh, punk rock karaoke, which he sang a, a oh. jam, a jam song that uh, they had him participate in. And then this Millen song is the third song that he is um, tried out for and, and done. And I, I, I have to say he did a great and amazing job singing it. I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to pull it off, but he pulled it off. <laughs> I, I think it sounds pretty cool. I mean, I feel like. He probably had to. He's like, man, I can't screw this up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is Mill and Colin. Like, this is like, my name is tied to this type of music. Like, yeah. I, I can't screw this up. You know, I would imagine. I would imagine there would be just pressure on him, just on himself from you know himself alone. So, well, I think him doing those two acts, the the mass singer and the punk rock karaoke gave him the the confidence to be able to pull this off and, and to yeah. be able to say yes i can do that yeah you know so sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes putting your foot in the water and going for it yeah. you know um, yeah i remember um back in i want to say the early 2000 we did the mtv music sports awards in texas and i remember we i went to a bar one night and they had a karaoke thing there. And I remember um, <clears throat> I had stopped drinking alcohol, so I was kind of sober. I was pretty much one of the only sober dudes there. And someone had tried to talk us, me and Tony Hawk, to sing um, a Prince song, When Doves Cry. <laughs> right? And, oh, and uh, they wanted us to do a duet with that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if I was drunk right now, I would have no quartz going up on stage with Hawk. Yeah, you'd have no problem. Song. Yeah. But I did it, right? You did it? I went it? for it. And I didn't care what people thought. I just thought it was going to be so funny to do it. And when I pulled that off, I was like, oh my goodness, I can do something sober, you know, <laughs> and put myself in a vulnerable place to be laughed at. Um, yeah. It's, it's not that scary. So yeah. when you put your foot in the water, you know, and test it out. Uh, sometimes, you know, you come up across the other side, um, more courageous, you mm-hmm. know? And, oh, yeah. And I'm all about that. You know, I'm all about 
putting myself in a vulnerable situation that maybe I'll be critiqued or, or be laughed at. And, you know, you, there's a lot to say about a person who is courageous because there's a lot of things that bring a lot of fear into our lives, which cause us not to live a life that's fully abundant and potential. You know, we never see our full potential because of fear. So fear really keeps us in a spot where we can't explore new things because we're afraid of what people are going to say or do. But when you're able to get over those anxieties and those fears, man, the world is such a bigger place. And you would be amazed of how talented you actually really are. Because there's a lot of people who are afraid to like pick up a, a pen and a, and a brush and learn how to draw because, oh, I can't draw. I'm terrible. I draw stick figures. I can never be like that. And the way I've approached life is I've never looked at something difficult and saying like, I can never do that. I always look at something and I say, I want to do that someday. You know, I, I think I could do that. So when you have that attitude, you get more out of life rather than already shooting yourself in the foot, um, telling yourself, I could never. So I, I never I never say that. I never say, like, I, I don't think I could ever do that. That's yeah. a great, great mindset. And it's, it's funny how, uh, you know, just, you know, simply doing karaoke with Tony Hawk. Uh, and singing and singing a, a duet, uh, you know, of Prince. When doves yeah. cry, <laughs> yeah. When doves cry, it, it's life. It's a life changing moment. Yeah. Whoever who would have thought that, you know? So that's no, that's it was, awesome. It was cool, and actually, Sal Masakela was there with us too, and that's the first time I ever heard him sing. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this guy is a great singer too. And his, his dad's a very famous singer. And okay. He's an, he's, I don't know if you know who Sal is. He's an announcer for like the X games and a very famous announcer for like um, a lot of motocross events and sporting events. Um, But the first time I ever saw, saw him sing karaoke. I'm like, wow, this guy's talented. Just like his father. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Let's see. Alex wants to know who made that skateboard guitar. He must be talking about the, the uh is that in the music video for it's in the video yeah okay it 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 was uh i think it was a guy i want to say from north carolina um he makes guitar like kind of novelty guitars out of skateboard decks and they made me one and they sent it to me um it doesn't play very well because the action is <laughs> very high it's yeah. more kind of a novelty thing and i would never use it for an actual real show but i thought it would be funny to have it on, you know, be standing on my ramp, my mini ramp in my backyard, playing this guitar that looks like it, you know, was cut out from one of my original skateboards and kind of like lip syncing to the song, you know? <laughs> that would, yeah, exactly. That that made for a great video. And yeah. it's, it's cool that you have that, you know? So. No, it's cool. I have it hanging up in my, on one of my walls and people get a kick out of that, you know? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, Steve, this has been an absolute pleasure um, and an honor to talk with you. I, I really appreciate your time because you're a very busy guy. Um, but I'm, I'm really uh, excited uh, for Urethane and, uh, you know, the, the new album uh, drop. I, I guess I should say September 24th, yes. Chasing Horizons, the debut album is uh, going to drop uh, via Cyber Tracks. 
Yep. Um, and I uh, can't wait for the world to be able to hear the whole thing because it's a great record. So Thank I really, you. I really think this it'll it'll elevate you guys. You know, <laughs> so just got a good feeling about it. You know. Thank you. Well, so. we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to playing with some of our favorite bands, and um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from you know guys in in in, in bands like Strung Out, uh, Mill and Colin, Pennywise. Um, yeah, even the guys from Rise Against. I uh, played to the bass player from Rise Against, and he really loved it. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for people to hear it. And um, this is just another uh, extension of who I am. Awesome. So, if people uh, want to find Urethane online, like on, on any of social media sites, or I don't know if Urethane has a, a website either. Uh, um, Cybertrax Records. It's all Cyber. It's Okay, yeah. so cybertracksrecords.com. Yeah, and then uh, okay. when it re- when it gets released digitally, it'll re- be released on all the all the platforms. Okay, awesome. And oh, okay, I've got so yeah. Facebook is urethane punk, and Instagram is urethane underscore music. Right. So and then yeah, it's actually cyber dash tracks.com yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome all right well thank you steven good luck at band practice <laughs> all right appreciate it thanks for having me on the show <laughs> yeah no problem have a good night peace <laughs> peace oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's give uh steve a round of applause that was uh that was incredible um, and truly, obviously, an honor as well. So uh, Steve Caballero, uh, famous uh, pro skateboarder and uh, now new band, Urethane. Please uh, check out uh, their debut album, Chasing Horizons. As I said, drops out or drops September 24th uh, via Cybertrax Records. And then also our first guest this evening, uh, Ted uh, Felicetti of... Uh, don't panic they their new album is actually out right now if you want to give that a listen it's called dark horse so uh, you can stream that wherever it is that you get music i truly appreciate his time as well because he literally talked to us right before he had to hit the stage and play a show because they're currently on tour with the queers so um and thank you to you for watching or listening to this podcast yes you can watch it live on YouTube, on our Twitch, on our Facebook, or you can even watch it later if you want to on YouTube as well. Uh, We stream our episodes live every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time, or you can just catch the episode the next day on all uh, uh, podcast platforms um, where, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Follow us wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us positive rating and reviews, all that fun stuff. You can also uh, hit up poppunkpizzapod.com. You'll find uh, links to our merch store. Uh, Find how you can submit your band to possibly be on the podcast. Um, Sign up for our mailing list. All that fun stuff is at poppunkpizzapod.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at poppunkpizzapod. And if you also want to reach out to me via email, you can do so at bangerangradio.com at gmail.com thank you so much once again to pop punk takeout uh for being our title sponsor Uh, please show them some love as well by going to poppunktakeout.com and we will uh 
talk to you uh, next Wednesday here on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. I know we are going to be uh, talking with... Um, Sorry, let me uh, pull up the schedule. I never have the schedule pulled up on my computer before I end (laughs) end this thing. Um, We're going to be talking to uh, Chris uh, Swinney from a band called Fire Sale. He also, once upon a time, was in the Ataris. And he also has a podcast of his own that maybe you listen to as well called That One Time on Tour. So we'll be uh, talking with Chris uh, September 15th, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. I do have another guest that will be on before him, but I... Uh, actually have to confirm that first. So I'll let you know who that's going to be soon. Have yourself a great night, and uh, thank you once again for listening to Pop Punk and Pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.